Today's episode is sponsored by Audible.com. Audible is a seller and producer of spoken audio entertainment, information, and educational programming on the internet. Audible sells digital audiobooks, radio and TV programs, and audio versions of magazines and newspapers. To start using Audible today, please visit their website at www.audible.com. That's www.audible.com. Welcome to another episode of Taking You to the Top. In this podcast, Rami spends time speaking with founders and CEOs from across the globe and asks them specific questions to learn exactly how they launch their businesses. Before we get started with today's guest, please be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any upcoming episodes and to help us grow. If you'd like to get more information and analytics about each guest, simply visit the podcast website at takingyoutothetop.cf. Now, let me spend a moment to introduce today's guest before Rami gets started. Today's guest is the founder and CEO of Pelota. They use machine learning to predict the risk of disruption associated with each flight, allowing travel management companies to take proactive measures and allocate their operational resources accordingly. Join Rami in welcoming her to the show. If you have any questions for our guest today, please leave them in the comments section below. That being said, we hope you enjoy today's episode. Without further ado, are you ready to take it to the top? All right, Sanya, welcome to Taking You to the Top, episode 22. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Um, if you could start us off by introducing yourself and then take us back from the beginning and maybe tell us where you're from, uh, where you started your journey that led you to becoming the founder of your company. Definitely, yeah. So as Rami introduced, my name is Sonia Shah. I am the CEO and co-founder of Pilota, where we use AI to assess travel risk. And we've actually launched a product recently that helps travelers analyze health and safety risks as they plan their journeys, which has been gaining quite a bit of traction in this current environment. Um, but taking it back before that, um, I actually am a former founder. Um, I've been a dancer all of my life. And so I actually created a virtual choreography company. And I've also okay. worked in the innovation incubator of United Health Group, um, mm -hmm. where I launched in new products for the company. Um, and going back further than that, I actually have an undergraduate degree in engineering from Boston University. And I also have an MBA from Cornell. And Fantastic. so I can just dive right in and share more about um, how Pilota started, if that sounds good to you. Yeah, definitely. That was going to be the next question. Awesome. Yeah, so my co-founders and I actually met when we were in grad school together at Cornell. So I was getting my MBAs I previously mentioned, and my co-founders, Saris, Kovinder, and Omer, were all getting their Master's of Computer Science. Okay. And so we're a group that loves to travel and also has an extensive technical background. And so one day we decided, let's do a research project to see if it's possible to predict flight disruptions using machine learning methods. And so from okay. there, once we validated with a high level of accuracy that it's possible to do so, we saw that there was an opportunity here to use emerging technology like this to enhance the passenger experience and solve many of the problems like flight disruptions, like travel risk in the market. So just, just to be clear, I'm, let, let's say I'm a client. So I hop onto a platform and type in 
like my flight details. And from that point on, it starts to tell me if there's going to be a disruption or a, how, how does that work? Yeah, so there's actually two ways to use our product. So our product FlySafe is available as a Chrome extension, or you can actually try it out on our website if you'd like. The way it works on the Chrome extension is once it's downloaded, when you're browsing for flights on Google Flights or Expedia or any of those online booking platforms, as mm -hmm. you're searching for your different flights and itineraries, um, we overlay the important information that you might need to know. So for example, if you've indicated to us that you really care about whether the middle seats will be blocked, whether masks will be required, um, and those sorts of factors, we basically show you a rating next to every flight that's personalized to the factors that you care about that helps you compare itineraries at a glance as you're on these booking platforms. And oh, so it's before the fact. Yeah, so it's at the point okay. of booking. So you can sure. make better decisions about your itinerary. Amazing. Okay, I, I thought it was maybe something like I book my flight, put in the, the flight number, for example, and it's gonna tell me that, you know, there's there's a delay or this flight is usually delayed, but I guess this is a whole different level. Yeah, so actually if you've already booked your flight, um, you can put in the flight number on our website and we'll show you all that pertinent information. Our flight disruption product um, actually was launched first B2B. And so it was for corporate travelers, travel managers. And so we're actually in the process of integrating our algorithm to help with flight disruption predictions um, into the new FlySafe product. And so that way users can also stay updated. So let's say you set alerts for a certain flight because you've booked that flight. We'll update you as we see additional risk pop up on, at the time before your journey. Okay, so what's the product that's, uh, what's the name of the product that's the Chrome extension? FlySafe. FlySafe, okay, fantastic. Um, so is the company bootstrapped or did you raise capital? So we've actually raised a pre-seed round um, and we closed it in December of 2019. December 2019. Okay, um, would you mind sharing how much you raised? Sure, yeah, we raised 350K um, mm -hmm. and that was all on convertible notes. Convertible notes. And um, that was December 2019, so in a couple of months you'll be closing a year since yeah. the last race. Do you plan on raising more? Yeah, so we're hoping to raise, um, start our next raise probably mid late fall. And usually, I mean, for those listening who don't know whether to go uh, down, you know, the bootstrap route or raising, are you raising for growth purposes or you needed the money from the get go? We're raising for growth purposes. Um, and so for us, we were super lucky to have a lot of communities that we were part of that helped us and supported us through those beginning stages of the journey. And so this money is really for us to be able to scale and grow the product. All right. And at the moment, are you charging? Uh, how's the revenue model? Yeah, so right now FlySafe is completely free. Um, sure. The revenue model for the product is 
more down the B2B route or the premium version of the product oh, okay, I see. right now. Yeah, so right now what we've um, launched is totally free for users to use. And because it's a new product, it also allows us to see what kinds of information are useful, what are people interacting with, what do people want to see more of. Um, sure. And that also helps us build a, a more scalable product. Okay, and do you, do you think um, that you would monetize the, the FlySafe product, the Chrome extension? Um, so the Chrome extension itself, um, our goal is to keep it free. We may offer a premium version of the product with, where you could unlock additional features, but right now that's not really quite on the table. Our bigger okay. vision is to really become the place that users go to to assess their travel risk and become a platform where users can compare different itineraries, different parts of their journey and become a full platform where users right. can interact with us and we become part of the funnel of the travel booking process rather than just helping out as we're doing right now through the extension on others' websites. Okay. Um, and from the B2B side of the business, are you working with companies only in the U.S. or available globally? Right now we're focused on the U.S. domestic space just because our product is so heavily data-driven that we need to ensure that we have the right data sources to provide our users with the most accurate information. And okay. so when you're working in U.S. domestic, that airspace isn't as fragmented as if you expand out to Europe or Asia where there's so many different airspaces. Right. Because, I mean, I could see this working anywhere, everywhere. Absolutely. We actually are in the process of adding in some international airlines. So right now we have like British Airways, Air Canada. And so we're slowly um, expanding as we see users pop up in different regions to make sure we're accounting for their needs. Um, so it's a slow process to grow outside of US domestic right now. Okay. Um, and what's, what's the company team size look like at the moment? Um, so it's interesting. So we have four founders working full time on this. Um, but actually this summer, earlier in March, I just posted on LinkedIn and I said, hey, if anyone wants to help out with a new product launch, um, feel free to reach out to me. We're looking for interns. Okay. And um, I think because I posted right, you know, at the height of when everything was happening with COVID in March, we got an incredible response. And so we actually expanded the team this summer and we have about 11 people, including all of the summer interns. Oh, wow. And I mean, are they yeah. still interns or did they convert to full time? Most of them actually um, were, are going back to school in the fall. And so many of them uh, are like juniors in college, et cetera. Um, and so a lot of them are going to be going back to school, but we're hopeful that if we do raise our round as expected, we'll be able to offer them full-time offers. Perfect, okay. Very clear. All right. Um, this next section is more for those who are just starting their journey or they've started a company but not sure how to get their first customers. So would you mind sharing with us how you got your first customers? I mean, how did you validate the idea? And then what was your outreach like? I mean, which marketing channels worked best for you? Did you have an email list? You, you know what I mean? Yeah, sure. So um, I think the most important thing to anyone who's trying to launch a company is to really understand the problem you're solving 
and who needs the product the most and really narrow down who that ideal customer profile might be. And so for us, what we did is we um, had narrowed down through our research through speaking with people that travel management companies for a flight disruption product would be the ideal customer. And so I literally looked up the phone numbers of different um, travel management companies and I just called them and I would just say like, hey, can I have five minutes of your time? Like at the time I was a student at Cornell. And so I would say I'm a Cornell student just doing a research project trying to learn more. Mm-hmm. And so I actually was able to get on the phone with quite a few of these um, larger executives at these TMCs nearby. Um, and what I did was um, at the end of the calls, I would say like, hey, um, would you be okay if I like emailed you or continued to stay in touch like as I had questions? And um, a lot of them were more than happy to stay in touch. And so as we moved forward, as we continued building the product, I kept my relationships with those people. And they're actually the ones who then became our pilot partners and then became our customers. And so um, I think that in any case, even if those people who you don't do your initial research with don't end up becoming your customers, I think it's incredibly important to do that research to really understand the problem um, because the advice that they gave us throughout the journey helped us build a better product that addressed their needs better. Right, absolutely. And um, were you were you tracking all of this information to know what converted, what didn't convert when you were doing your um, initial outreach? So when we first launched our flight disruption product, at the time we were really just learning. And so we tried a whole bunch of different methods and it was difficult for us to really track the KPIs. But with FlySafe, you know, when we first launched, that's when we really started tracking, okay, what's our ROI on all of these different methods. At that point, you know, we've been around for now like a year and a half that we know a lot better. And so with our new outreach that we're doing with all the marketing stuff that we're doing right now, we're very careful to make sure we're tracking our KPIs and the ROI on everything that we do. Okay. And what would you say is the, the number one marketing channel for you? Um, I think, and this is kind of tough for people to hear, and I know it's tough when I heard it, is word of mouth is really, really powerful. <laughs> that conversion rate on that is it's so incredible. So when we first launched the product, a lot of people saw it like on LinkedIn or on Twitter or whatever and shared it with their friends. And we actually made it so that it was as easy as possible to share the product. So we embedded things within the product to allow people to share. We created graphics when someone downloaded the product that they could easily share to social media. And so while we helped to facilitate some of that word of mouth, which I highly recommend doing, making it as easy as possible for people to share your product, um, word of mouth is definitely the most powerful um, source. Okay, then I, then I think I should rephrase my question. What was the second best marketing channel? <laughs> um, so I think the jury's still out on that one. So we've tried a lot of different things. We're doing experiments with like paid social. Um, we're doing experiments with some LinkedIn marketing tactics. Um, and I've been doing a lot of sort of organic um, press outreach. So far, okay. we've found that the press outreach has helped us the most just because we are launching a consumer product and that's the best way for us to have people talk about us. And so, so far, I would say press has helped us the most, but I think the jury's still a little bit out on that one. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because press, at least for me, it's, it sounds like such a broad topic, but actually, how do you go about getting press, for example? Yeah, I think it's a really daunting thing. And so what I did is 
I first read blog posts about how other people did it. And so what I did was, um, and the advice that they gave in those blog posts was try to basically identify the different outlets that cater to your audience. So for us, it's travel. And so first I went through and made a list of all of the travel outlets, both big and small. So I started from the smaller travel bloggers and then I worked my way up to like the big outlets. So we're talking like Condé Nast Travel or, or Skift okay. or any of those. Within those, I would just like search for stories about Chrome extensions or travel tech. And I would see who the writers are that are talking about new travel products or Chrome extensions. And then I made a list of all of those um, reporters. And then the hardest part was then going in and trying to find their emails. So some of them will be on Twitter, like some of them will be on their websites. And so then I had to find all of their emails. And then I created basically like a personal note that I reached out to them with. And I said, hey, like I saw, I see you write about this um, quite often. Um, I, we launched this new thing. If you're interested in learning more, I'd be happy to chat. And I just shared like a small screenshot of what it looks like. So then um, I sent those out to people and that actually did help us with getting some press. And then I also used the product Taro, the helper reporter out. And yep. so if I see anything on there um, about travel or anything that we can help to answer, I always make sure to reach out to that. Perfect. Um, if you don't mind, just uh, going back to your team. Mm -hmm. how, so is it total 11? Yes. Including the interns. Mm -hmm. um, but are you as the founders also developing the product yourselves? Or do you have yes. developers? Okay. We, do, we develop the product ourselves. Perfect. All right. Um, all right. So if uh, you don't mind, we'll wrap up with the famous five. Sounds good. Perfect. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Um, I recently read Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg, and I thought it was a really great book. And I, I don't really want to ruin it because I think that it's something that if you're a woman in the workplace um, and you're looking for a new business book, I think it's a great book to read. Um, and she does a really great job with providing both tangible advice and sort of pairing it with um, some of the humor and stories that she's witnessed in the workplace. And so I think that that's a great book. Um, number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Yeah, so I would say that there isn't one CEO that I'm following or studying, but what I do really love is the How I Built This podcast, because I think that similar to this, like hearing stories from CEOs about some of the early stage and what they did in the early stage and what helps them um, is really helpful. And so I think it's also great that you're doing this podcast, because this kind of advice is really, really helpful to people who are first starting their companies. Perfect. So it's called How I Built This. Yes. Okay. Um, number three, what's your favorite online tool for growing your business? Um, like I mentioned before, I think the jury's really still out on that. I don't think there's one specific tool that I could say has like helped us out the most. Um, I think that depending on what your company is, it really depends. For me, I would say I really like HubSpot. Um, I think it's helped a lot with our email outreach. Uh, number four, if you could give your 20-year-old self a piece of advice, what would it be? Not necessarily a regret, um, but... I would tell myself... Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was just uh, saying was that just it's I not necessarily a regret. It's more, uh, what did you wish you knew when you were 20? Sure. So I would say I wish I could tell myself to just start observing and following stories of entrepreneurs, because I think I knew from a young age that this is what I wanted to do. 
Um, and I was just so lost as to where to start. But I think at that point, if I could just tell myself to listen to things like this, just watch the stories of different entrepreneurs and just read about it a little bit more. Um, I think that's what I would be advice I would give myself because I think you learn so much just by observing other people's journeys and seeing the different turns that they take. For sure. Um, number five, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? It really depends on the day. I think um, <laughs> post, I think in the COVID world, it's probably a little bit more just because there's less time spent commuting or going to meetings or conferences. But yeah. I know I remember like there was one week where my co-founder and I went to an event in Spain and then flew somewhere to Vegas. And I think we within the times of the events and stuff, I was getting like only a few hours of sleep every night. <laughs> sure. But on average, on a regular day, um, I try to get somewhere between like six to seven. Um, I would say it's an average. Perfect. Um, I just had one more question, which you did not get, but did you ever work corporate before starting your first company? Yeah, so I worked for um, Optum, which is a part of United Health Group. Um, I worked there for two years in their innovation incubator. Okay, so that basically brings me to one really important question is how or when do you decide to leave your full-time job and switch to your, your company? Um, so I actually decided when I was in school, when I was in business school, and I think the main reason why I decided after school not to go back to the corporate world and to build a startup is because I felt that I had a really strong team that I was working with, which I think is the most important thing to building a successful um, startup. And I sure. had people around me who were as passionate about building a company as I was. And I knew that at some point in my life, I wanted to do a startup. And I felt that the product we were building, the team that we had, it was the perfect opportunity. And if I didn't try it now, I, didn't see, I don't know when I would get such a wonderful setup to build a company again. And so I just decided to take that leap. Sure, but wouldn't you say that for, let's say most people, uh, their first worry is, how do I stop receiving this uh, confirmed income and then suddenly switch to, I'm not sure when I'm going to get paid? Yeah, Do you have like a budget in mind? Yeah, for us, I think we had set um, a, a goal for ourselves of like within one year, we need to try this out, test it out, see what the response is like, see if people are willing to put money into this and help us out on the journey. And so I think depending on everybody's situation, you need to set a, like a, a deadline for yourself because that also pushes you to work towards that deadline. Um, the second thing is, is I don't think it's like a flip the switch. Like I don't think that you have an idea and then sure. the next day you quit your job and you start working on it. Like I would right. say for anyone considering that, I think if you're trying to start something new, you should put some feelers out there, test it out, do some of that early validation, calling customers, researching the product to really validate within yourself that this is going to be a successful product and start to build that team who's willing to take that leap with you. And that will allow you to then have confidence to sort of leave that steady state and move towards this more uncertain state. And so that, that would be the advice that I give people is to start the journey a little bit upfront so you can validate and test a little bit. And then when you're really confident, that's when you can really flip that switch. Sure. 
Sanya, great advice. And thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure. And I really hope to maybe follow up with you a year from now to see what's happened with your company. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. My pleasure. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. Today's episode is sponsored by Audible.com. Audible is a seller and producer of spoken audio entertainment, information, and educational programming on the internet. Audible sells digital audiobooks, radio and TV programs, and audio versions of magazines and newspapers. To start using Audible today, please visit their website at www.audible.com. That's www.audible.com.